Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Decade, right? Can you believe? I know I was thinking like, you know, when I was a kid, which was, you know, a while back, 2020 seemed like something from like a science fiction movie, like one day it'll be the year 2020. And it's kind of like, you know, kind of like the Jetsons and some of you don't even know what the Jetsons was, but, but we're here. It's 2020. The earth's still revolving around the sun, right? And everything's still as is. But, but it's not at the same time. The earth's still spinning. We're still going around the sun every year. But boy, have things changed. There's one thing that has never and will never change. And that is the living, eternal word of God. And so we've been preparing literally since summer. When I felt in my heart the Holy Spirit speak that the entire year 2020 would all be about developing strong disciples of Jesus. Can you say solid? I pointed to it last Sunday. We'll keep looking over here. You've seen it now for a few months. Solid biblical foundations for strong disciples. Does anybody want to be a strong disciple? So what we're going to be doing over the next 12 months is we're going to take a journey this year, this year 2020, the 12 months of the year, we're going to take a journey all together through the 12 main foundations that we find in the Bible. The 12 foundational truths that make us Jesus followers. We got any Jesus people in the house this morning? So I want to just let you know Each month will have sort of a focused topic, but the entire year we're going to be in this theme, solid, becoming strong disciples by getting the Bible in us. Does anybody want to get the Bible in you this year? So what we're going to do is just jump right on into it today. Are you ready? How about we pray one more time because I feel like we need to pray again. Are you ready to just really prepare your heart for the word? Father, thank you today for the power of your word. I thank you that your word is alive and it's active. Your word is acting in us today. We open our heart. We open our mind for you to speak what you want to speak to us and have your way in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever asked yourself, why did God give us his word? Why? What's the purpose of having the Bible in the first place? For we know 
that the word of God is more than a book. The word of God is a person. We learned all about it during our Christmas series, right? The word of God, the living word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ himself, right? But why did God provide us with his spoken and written word? There is a word that's often misunderstood and misused, and it's the word wisdom. Say wisdom. Wisdom is more than just knowledge. We also find, if you read through the word of God, wisdom is a person. Wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He is the living, breathing word of God. But there is a purpose to wisdom. There is a purpose to knowledge. There is a purpose in having and knowing the word of God. Would you like to know what that purpose is? Okay. How many of you ever heard of King Solomon? The wisest king to have ever lived, and that wasn't, uh, that wasn't declared just by people. God himself, right? declared that Solomon was the wisest king to have ever lived, and he asked for something. What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. He asked to have a hearing or listening ear. That's literally what he said. God, I ask you for a listening ear. Come on, say listening ear. Touch somebody else's ear, just playing. All right. Okay. All right. He asked God to give him a listening ear, a.k.a. Wisdom. In other words, ears that could hear the word of God, the knowledge of God, the truth of God. And Solomon wrote, not all of them, but he wrote most of the book of Proverbs, right? Proverbs has 31 chapters. Solomon wrote most of it. Proverbs, for the most part, is a, an, an exposition of Solomon's wisdom that he received from God. Now, he starts out the book of Proverbs telling us why all this wisdom is written down. Again, have you ever asked why God gave us the written word? Here it is right here, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3. Their purpose, whose purpose? The purpose of the word. He was literally saying all these things that are written, these proverbs, right? Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them, uh-oh, to help them what? To help them know what is right. No, no. To help them do what is right just and fair brace yourselves but the purpose of God's word is to teach us to live and do not just to know that is wisdom that is the purpose that is the reason why we even have the written word of God it's not just so that we can know it's so we can do come on tell somebody you gotta do 
Proverbs 10:25 says this. If the storms of life come, mm -mm, some of y'all were looking at it. When the storms of life come, how many of you have already discovered it's not if, but when? <laughs> right? Storms come. They're not all bad, but they all test you. Storms, tough things, tests, challenges, obstacles, difficult times. Storms, it's not if they come, it's when they come. And it says when they come, the wicked are whirled away. But the godly have a what? A lasting foundation. Here we go. Storms are inevitable. But there is a strong, lasting foundation that will remain solid so we can remain standing on the other side of the storm, right? How many of you are glad that the last time we had a thunderstorm, your house did not fall? Right? One of the things I was thinking about and Liz and I were talking about, and you'll see it here a little bit more when we get further into the word today, but not all storms are necessarily bad, are they? In fact, we need thunderstorms to have a beautiful state like the state of Georgia, right? Atlanta is not the greenest major city in the United States because we don't have any storms. Atlanta is the greenest city in the United States because we have lots of storms. We have lots of rain here, right? And rain produces a, a lot of things. But so, so every storm isn't bad. Listen, sometimes we get tornadoes and hurricanes and stuff like that. They bring the rain too. And we don't really necessarily want those kind of storms, although they happen. But not every thunderstorm merits a tornado warning, right? Sometimes it's just raining. Oh, the wind's blowing. It's raining a little bit. Boom, a little a thunder here and there. It's not necessarily that all storms are bad, but let me tell you this. Every storm, rather severe or just a normal thunderstorm, it will test the integrity of your house. Come on, somebody. I don't just want to have my roof in good condition and my windows in good condition when there's a tornado. I want my roof and my windows in good condition even if we just get a little shower because I don't want it to mess up my house. See, sometimes the storms of life are hard and difficult, you know, like a tornado or a hurricane. Sometimes they're just your run-of-the-mill normal storms. No matter if it's a big storm or a little storm, it all tests us, right? It all tests the integrity of our house. And for a little more perspective on this, I am going to invite my lovely Liz to come and share a little bit with us today. Okay, so, you know, as many of you know, like, 2019 for us was a year of storms. We have health issues, all kinds of issues, um, family passing away on top of a lot of things. And um, I guess we were talking about this in the summer because we, we knew in, in the summer, you know, it's about to hit. Like, we're going to go through a major valley and we need to get ready for this storm that we were like um, about to face our family with, with health. And I remember, 
you know, physically getting ready. Like, okay, we need to organize our schedules and hospital visits and all these things. But then I felt like the Holy Spirit started um, giving me pictures in my spirit about, he was like, Liz, like, what do you do when you know a storm is coming? You know, and not just like a thunderstorm when you know like a hurricane is coming or something like that. Um, I was like, man, well, you start preparing to strengthen and to cover the weak areas. You know, like the windows, we need to, to reinforce the windows with wood or whatever, you know. I mean, I did not grow up with were like big storms, but windows, your roof, you know, your doors, um, you start preparing for water to come through the lower levels. You know what I'm saying? So you start preparing, you start preparing. And that's how I felt God was telling me in the spirit as we were preparing for 2020 to take our church to really form disciples is like, we need to get ready. We need to to, to strengthen the weakest areas of our lives. You know, and I feel like our windows and our doors represent what we hear and what we see. You know, what, when, when we are going through storms, when we're getting ready, it's very important that, that you take care of what you hear yes. and what you're looking at. Because I, 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 uh, in the summer, I felt like God told me, watch out what you're listening to and what you're looking. Because it could look like a bad storm. But if you look at Jesus and if you look at the word of God, it's going to look different. Because we don't live with what we see in the natural, but we live with what we see in the word of God that Jesus is for us in every step of the way. But at the same time, it's very important the people that I'm listening to and the environment that I'm listening to. Am I in an environment where faith is being spoken? Am I listening the word of God every single day constantly so I can face this fear, so I can face the hopelessness, so I can face the discouragement, so I can face the lies of the enemy because he's lying every single day to me. He's trying to put a very negative future. He's trying to tell me that there's no hope. You know, so I feel like as we go in 2020, I want to speak to the church very just open. There are 53 Sundays because it's leap year. <laughs> and in 53 Sundays, our prayer and our goal as pastors is to prepare you. And now that I'm telling you, you're going to face storms. I mean, we all do, like even good or bad ones. But we are really, our desire is that your foundation, that's your faith will be strong this year. You know, that's what we want. And I want you to think about your 53 Sundays that you have. You know, it's about time that we wake up to the reality. You know, that the enemy wants to destroy our souls, our families, your life. But we need to, to take responsibility, you know, and say, I need to work on my house. I need to work for my family. I need my future to be different. You know, and, and, and I feel like at the end of everything in life, the only thing that we have left is our faith. When you're in the middle of hardship, when you're in the middle of, of a broken heart, a broken relationship, financial situation, um, a health issue, I don't know what you're going through. The only thing you have left, you know, is your faith. Your family can take you until some point. Your friendship can take you this far. But only faith can take you where you never thought you could go. I realized this last year, you know, as we went through my mom's transplant, 
that I only had faith. My faith in Jesus, my faith in the word of God, and my faith was enough for the valley. My Jesus was enough to walk, and I didn't, know, I didn't need anything else but my faith. But faith was tested. So I realized when it's me and myself that I have faith, and, and that's only, is that the only thing that matters. You know, no psychology, no um, positive thinking, no circle of friends, nothing, you know, can take you through a storm but your faith. And at the end, that's what's left. And I want to share this scripture with you. And I want you to think about in your own life, you know, and the scripture is, sorry, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, 21 through 20, 25. It says, through, it is through him that you now believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that you would fasten your faith and hope in God alone. If you think about the first part of the of the of this scripture it says it is through him through Jesus that you now believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him that's the gospel right there you know that's the gospel right there that Jesus came he died for us and that he rose and we can have eternal life so that you would fasten your faith and hope in God alone and through this year this is what we want I want my faith and my hope to be in him and him alone. My faith is not if my circumstances change. My faith is not if there's complete healing or not. My faith is not if I ever marry the perfect person or if my marriage gets ever perfect. My faith and hope is in Christ alone. In him alone. Now, because, and if we go to the next of your obedience to the truth. Okay, see, obedience to the truth. Our faith is not going to get strengthened unless we obey the word of God. And, and there's no other way. There's no other way for you to grow as a strong disciple if you don't do the word of God. You know, it does not matter anything. Like, it does not matter how many times you come and how hyped up you get and, and how motiv motivated you are for a good sermon. But if we don't do the word of God, if we don't obey what the Lord says, we're not going to get strong. You know, no wonder sometimes, you know, my feelings, myself being tossed one side and the other, one side, you know. But it is until I obey and I get rooted in the word of God. This of your obedience to the truth that you have purified your very souls. And this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers. So express this sincere love toward one another passionately and with a pure heart. For through the eternal and living word of God you have been born again. And this seed, say seed that he planted within you can never be destroyed. This seed of Jesus, of the gospel, can never be destroyed inside of you. You know, even if I die, you know, I have eternal life because this seed can never be destroyed. You know, the faith that we have can never be destroyed. But we live and grow inside of you forever. Even till eternity. 
this year as we grow as disciples, and I want to challenge you to commit to grow as a disciple. You know, you'll grow. And you'll have a faith that it cannot be destroyed, that it won't be destroyed. Human beings are frail and temporary like grass. And the glory of men fleeting like blossoms of the field. The grass dries and withers and the flowers fall off. Isn't it that true about life? I learned that 2019. Life is it's gone here and there. Situations, things happen, you know. But it says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was announced to you. This is the word in Counter Church that is going to be announced to you through 2020. And his word endures forever. And that's what we need to get a hold on this year. You know, I just want to really encourage you. I don't know what state of life. I don't know if you're in middle school. I don't know if you're in high school, but I want to talk to my middle schoolers and high schoolers. This is a time for you to get to know the word of God. Because I know you, are, you have storms. I mean, I feel that your generation, man, I'm sorry. You, you are facing the worst of the culture. You know, that means that you are stronger than I was when I was 13 years old, 12. But I met the Lord when I was 13 years old and I encountered and I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit and it changed my life. You can have that power. You can have that experience. You can see the Lord and you can be strong for your generation. So I want to encourage my students to really get solid, to get to know the Word of God. He made you. He knows you. And I want to encourage my college students, you know, do not live like, like there's no tomorrow. You need to make choices. You need to say, this is a year that I'm going to commit to know the word of God and become a woman or, or a man of God. I remember when I was in college, I made a decision my freshman year. I said, I am not here to get a degree. I am not here to find a, a husband. I am here and devote myself to become a woman of God. Because I wanted a family, a godly family, because I wanted um, godly children. And now, you know, you can see our kids and say, oh, that's easy. No, it starts when you start planting seeds, when you start getting in the word, when you're 18 and 19 and 20. Because the decisions that you make today are going to affect that, you know, now that I'm 36. And if you're a young adult, you know, do not just live, you know, to to. Just to please yourself and to indulge yourself, you know, and to like, what's the cool next thing I have to do in life so I can post it on Instagram, you know, or whatever. Make decisions, become a woman, a man of God right now. Envision, get in the faith, get in the word. And if you're single and married, if you have a family, parents, we need to be strong. Having kids is no joke. It's tiring. You never sleep. You know, it's never ending. But what, what can we leave our kids but the faith in Jesus Christ? you know that they you know they're gonna grow on the rock in their standing in the rock you know some of us had to climb the rock later you know but we can leave them the foundation of faith and, and I want to talk to you know the older generation you know don't live like your life is over the younger generation we need you we need you we need you we need to show us that you can live in faith we need to show us that it's possible and it's doable so I just really want to encourage our church this year, 
Our goal is to not to give you the best services ever. Our goal is that you get the word of God yes. and that your faith gets strengthened. So be careful where you listen. Be careful where you put yourself around. Because, you know, it's not like, I feel like sometimes, like, what, what, what do you want for this year? And we start thinking about the beginning of the year, right? Like, oh, I want to change this. I want to go to the gym. I want to eat health. You know, all these things. But how about you envision the end of this year? Why do you start backwards and saying, you know, I want to be stronger to 20 than I've ever been in my life, in my faith, and in my walk with him? Well, with everything I've just said and with everything Liz just said and everything I'm about to say, there's really one main point today, and it will be the main point the whole year, right? You're used to me giving three, four, five, or even seven-point sermons, right? But today there is one. I'll give you some details about it, but there's one main point, and it will be the main point that will carry us through the whole year. Again, storms in life are inevitable, but there is a lasting foundation that can make you solid so that on the other side of every storm, you can remain standing. Who wants to remain standing on the other side of every storm? What is that foundation? What is that foundation that we just read in Proverbs 10? It's practicing the word of God. Practicing the word of God. And for that, this is the point of 2020. We're going to say it and say it and repeat it. It's going to become our life. And this is it. I want us to say it together. Ready? Practicing God's word makes me strong. Let's do it again. Practicing God's word makes me strong. Tell somebody else. Practicing God's word makes me strong. Let's go to our main scripture of the day and our main passage of the entire year. It is Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 29. Let's read it and we're going to break it down. When I pause, that's your cue to say it loud. Are you ready? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is? Oh, there's that wisdom thing. Ha. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears, notice different than listen, hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rain and floods come, again, not if, but when the rain and floods come and wind beats against that house, it will collapse 
with a mighty crash. You ever seen anybody collapse with a mighty crash? Who I don't want to go there. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Come on, somebody. How many of you know this ain't religion? This is not religion. Jesus doesn't play. Jesus didn't just give us a religion. No, 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 no. He gave us a kingdom, and he gave us his word to follow. Come on, somebody. Practicing God's word makes me strong. I'm going to give you from this passage two words today. We're just going to focus on two words because we got the rest of the year, right? Today we're going to focus on two words. And the first one is listen. Everybody say listen. listen. Are you ready? Is your seatbelt on tight? Listening is only half of it. But you do have to listen. <laughs> You can't have a full cup without filling it halfway first. Listening is only half of it, but it's half of it. We do have to listen. Notice it's not we have to hear or we have to read. We have to listen. Bear with me on this one. I do want to make mention, because we always do at the beginning of every year, we have a very high value for daily Bible reading. It is so important to read the Bible, because that's one of the main ways we get the Word of God on the inside of us, right? Sometimes we do entire series on the importance of Bible reading, right? Last year, we talked about the power of daily Bible reading. And so many of you, some of you for the very first time, read through the whole Bible in a year. Go ahead and give yourselves a hand for that. This past week, Chantel posted a testimony about that. That was that how it had changed her life, this whole daily Bible reading thing. And I want to encourage you, if you've never read through the Bible, start this year. Read through the whole Bible this year. It takes 11 minutes a day for you to read through the Bible in one year. Read through the Bible and then read it again. And then read it again. And then read it again. And when you're on your 57th time through the Bible, go for 58. Read the Word of God on a daily basis. Be a student of His Word. Become an expert in the truth so you'll never be deceived. But, I told you to have your seatbelt on, didn't I? Just reading your Bible ain't going to cut it. Hear me out. Hear me out. You, you guys all right? I thought all I had to do was read the Bible. Go to church. And you're all obeying that right now because you're here this morning. And those that are mighty sick or injured are listening to the word right now. Hello. It is important 
to go to church. Just reading the Bible on your own will not make you make it. Just like only going to church won't make you make it. But just reading the word isn't enough. We need to be in the family. We need to be in church and listen, not just when it's convenient. I want to say with, you know, I love y'all. And I love everybody hearing this. But what a miserable plague in this generation. People just go to church when it's convenient. The average person goes to church once or twice a month. Talking about committed, so-called committed Christian. Once or twice a month in church. And before you think I'm going to preach a whole message just to try to get your butt in the seat. That is not the point. Okay? People in other countries would not even recognize that train of thought, like not going to church all the time. Like Christians everywhere else in the world go to church all the time. Okay. Past generations, if they were to have been able to look into this generation and know that all of us committed Christians would only go to church couple of times a month when it's convenient when it's not too cold when it's not raining ever heard of an umbrella <laughs> they would look into this generation and go what is wrong with them they don't understand what they're missing and the example and the value that they are demonstrating to their children and to the world Going to church is of utmost importance if we are going to be strong disciples. Now, listen, I know that there are legitimate reasons sometimes not to be at a service. Believe me, if you have 107 fever, you ought to be in the hospital. <laughs> no, but if you have a high fever and you're going to make somebody else sick, or you're puking your guts out, or you're out of town... I'm not, I'm not here to condemn you if you ever miss a Sunday. That's not the point. There's no condemnation whatsoever in what I'm saying. There are legitimate reasons to sometimes have to be out. Hello? Y'all with me? But listen, I've heard the lamest excuses for why some of you, some people skip church sometimes. You know what the lamest one was for me? The day was so nice, I decided to stay home and enjoy it. I can't get many amens on that one now, can I? It was raining and just nasty and dreary. Last time I checked, God can talk when it's raining. I had a little sniffle. Um, (laughs) 
It's just I'm so busy that I just get tired. Man, I sure am glad Jesus and the Apostle Paul and all of them didn't let tiredness get in the way of doing just what you got to do. Sometimes we just got to get her done. Can I confess something? There are Sundays that I don't feel like getting up and coming and see all of y'all. I do love you, but sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I don't feel good. Sometimes I would rather go to Six Flags because it's bright and sunny and nice and have a family day. Listen, I'm, I know I'm being silly. I'm being facetious. And if it hurts, then good. But sometimes I got to peel my little lazy self off the sheets, get up, get in the shower. Oh, and get ready to preach again. But let me tell you something. If I weren't the pastor, I'd do the same thing because I value church. I value you. I value family. I value the example and precedent that I am setting for my children. We, in our house, we go to church. You know what? I'm so thankful. Let me just give you an, a, a, a personal example, too, of this. My mother got born again eight years before my father did. And for eight straight years, my mom, without question, would get up on Sundays, sometimes despite the ridicule of my dad, making fun of us going to the church we went to, okay? She got up, she got us ready, kids, little kids, and she took our butts to church every single Sunday and every single Wednesday and to our, we called them cell groups. We call them e-groups, right? And you know what happened? My dad got saved, but, but eight years, <laughs> eight years. And my sister and I got saved at a young age. And neither one of us ever backslid, ever away from Jesus. And then my dad got saved, and it was all four of us. And they both set the example. It didn't matter what was going on. We went to church. And I watched them not only take us to church, I watched them write their checks to give their tithes. I watched them go to the altar for prayer. <sighs> I watched them open up our house to, uh, to be hospitable. Even we hosted a, a, an, an e-group, a small group. I watched my parents show me the value of church. And this is way before I ever imagined I'd be a pastor. I loved, by the time I was a teenager, I went to church more than my parents. Remember, mom and dad? Remember? I ended up loving it more than them. And that's what my kids are going to experience. Yeah. 
You know, I'm so thankful for that. And I want my kids to grow up and say the same thing. And I want all of your kids to grow up and say the same thing. You know another thing? Sometimes you've missed a word from God simply because you weren't there. And remember, I'm encouraging you. I'm not, I'm not punishing you. I'm not condemning you. That's not what this is about. I'm not scolding you. But sometimes it's like, oh, man, I just really need a word from God. You know what? It got spoken last Sunday. You just weren't here. Thank God for online now. You can always go back and listen, right? Or you can watch live. But why am I saying all this? What? Again, it's for our kids. It's for an example. It's to express a value. But why for you? Take your kids out of the equation. Take the example out of the equation. Why is it important to always be in church? Let me tell you why. Still got your seatbelt on? Because faith comes by hearing, not reading. Faith comes by hearing, not reading. You've got to hear. While reading the Bible gives us knowledge, hearing the preached word of God gives us faith. They're two different things. You can be a student of the Bible and be full of knowledge, but you can't draw faith out of just something you read. Faith comes by hearing, okay? Look at Romans 10, 17. I'm going to read the Amplified. So faith comes from hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ, Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by osmosis. It doesn't come by prayer. It doesn't come by just reading the Bible. It doesn't come by having some big faith person lay their hands on you and imparting their faith. No, no. All of those are good and well. We read the Bible. We, 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 we get prayer from others. We get in. No, no, no. Faith comes by Hearing, notice it does not say faith comes from having heard the message. Uh-uh. It's written, this is written in what in English we call present continuous tense, which means it's something that goes on and on and on. Faith comes and comes and comes and comes as we are hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing it's not one time i heard so now i've got faith how many of you know that yesterday's faith won't necessarily take you into next year i'm thankful for what i heard in the faith that came then but i need faith now y'all i need faith for today and the only way i'm going to have faith today is to hear it today Hearing and hearing and hearing. It's always in the present. I can't draw my faith today from what I heard a long time ago. Just remember, you're not only building your own house. This is for your family. This is for your future. 
This is for a generation. Set an example. Set a precedent. Be a Bible reader and be a church goer. Okay? Yes? You can't follow without first listening, but listening is incomplete without following. See, the second word we're focusing here on after hearing is, or listen, excuse me, is follow. You cannot follow without first listening. That's why it's important to listen, to hear, right? But listening is incomplete without following or without doing, we could say. If I'm listening and not just hearing, it means I intend to do what I hear. Now, one more little bear with me. Have you ever, okay, let's just, let's go back to kids. You ever met a kid that heard but didn't listen? Hearing, hearing is a physical ability. If you are not deaf, okay, if you are deaf, we'll pray and believe God to heal you. But if you're not deaf, you can hear. Hello. But that don't mean you're listening. See, my children on a daily basis hear me tell them many things they hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? But they are not listening. Because just because they hear blah, 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 doesn't mean they have any plans of doing what they heard. Hello? I told you. When you come into the house and take off your shoes, they go in the closet, not in the middle of the kitchen. I know they heard me, but they were not listening. Because to listen means to have the intention of obeying. It's I'm hearing so I can do what I'm hearing. That's what it means to listen, right? How many times did God talk to us and he's going, they just hearing me, but they are not listening. <laughs> listening implies I mean to obey what I'm hearing. What does it mean then when Jesus said, listen and follow? Follow, to follow is to obey. To follow is to obey. To follow is to hear and then do, right? To hear and then do. To follow, this is probably the best uh, uh, explanation of what it means to follow. To follow means to choose to go his way rather than my way. To follow means to choose what he said over what I say. What he wants over what I want. I follow, right? You don't follow yourself. You follow someone else. And in this case, we follow Jesus. Jesus' teachings, that is. 
To follow Jesus is to practice Jesus' teachings. Right? And that's what this year is going to be all about. Remember, the purpose of the word of God, the purpose of wisdom is to do, not to know. Or not just to know. The purpose of the word of God, the purpose of wisdom is to do, not just to know. In fact, final couple of thoughts here. Knowing and then not doing is worse than ever know, than never knowing. Knowing and then not doing is worse than never knowing in the first place. And yes, that comes from the Bible. <laughs> I just got a note here that says our kids are doing the same series this year. Your children, every Sunday, are going to be getting solid in the Word of God. So come to church. <laughs> One more time, knowing and then not doing is worse than never knowing in the first place. Because what you hear, what you listen to, what you come to know, then you're responsible for it. This made sense to me, and I hope it makes sense to you. Are you ready? I don't know. To me, construction materials, it can be wood. It can be um, steel. It can be what, bricks. <laughs> but let's just go with wood. All right? Final thought. Ready? Listening gives me the wood to build with. Following drives it into the ground. Listening gives me the wood to build with. Following drives it deep into the ground. If I listen but don't follow, I'm left with a big old pile of wood. Don't be left with a big old pile of wood. We've got to listen and do I don't necessarily know how to do. You know how you learn how to do? Do it. What if I don't know how to do it right? Just start doing it. Start doing what you see and hear in the word of God. As you do it, you'll learn how to do it. Come on, somebody. We call that discipleship. Learning to follow him. You can stand. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.